Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning, everybody. Uneducated economist here. So the push for central bank digital currencies, it's really going mainstream now. I was reading an article this morning and when I went to go check my email after I read that article, two people had actually sent me that same article. So I'll leave a link down in the description for you guys. The article was written by, um, I think her name was Sheila Bear, if I remember right. Anyway, former uh, former employee of the FDIC, and I think she also worked at the U.S. Treasury, if I was reading the little bio right on the, uh, on the article. Anyway, just like we have talked about in the past. Now, if you're new to the channel, I've talked a lot about central bank digital currencies in the past. And some of the topics that we have hit on is the fact that the central bank digital currencies are going to be pushed as a benefit to the people, but ultimately, they're so they can go cashless. The central banks want to go to a cashless society, and if they can have everything on a distributed ledger system, they can keep track and trace and control everything about the monetary system. They'll know where it goes, who received it, what times, they can ultimately control who has it. They can shut you off. They can limit the time that you have with your money, meaning that if you are given a stimulus check, you may only have 30 days to spend it. They can limit you on the way that you can spend it, meaning like, you know, you can spend it on these particular items, but not on those particular items. So the central bank digital currency, the push for this is a very controlling system. Ultimately, that's their goal. Now, they're going to push it as a benefit to the people who are, say, unbanked. And now I guess this is a real problem. I never really thought about it, you know, considering that most of the banking that I do is online anyway. Like, you know, I can take pictures of checks and deposit them. There's really, like, other than getting cash out of the bank, I really don't have much purpose in even going to a bank anymore. I mean, it just doesn't really do much any any longer. So I have a hard time sometimes trying to understand the whole idea of being unbanked but apparently that's a that's a pretty serious problem and not just here in the united states but all over the world so this system is going to provide the ability to have funding and transfer of funds for people who don't use a traditional banking system i don't know if i said that right but that's ultimately what it is it's the ability for people to make transfers of funds without having to go through you know a bank that's that's what it is. Anyhow, central bank digital currencies are really going to be pushed as far as that benefit to the people during crisis. Because we learned from the stimulus packages being passed out here over the last year and a half that it is very cumbersome going through the treasury and that there's a lot of mistakes that are made. There's, you know, delays. There's you know, a, a lot of issues that come up from using the Treasury Department to distribute the checks. So what the Federal Reserve would really like to do is to be able to deposit money directly into the people's wallets and bypass going through the Treasury. This 
is not technically legal for the Federal Reserve to do. So they're going to have to make some congressional law changes to the way the Federal Reserve is is chartered to, to function. So the Federal Reserve, when they print money, they don't print money and just hand it out. They print money and lend it into the system. They lend that into the system by buying U.S. Treasuries, mortgage-backed securities. That's the quantitative easing program. There are a few other assets that they can buy, but those are the big ones that people talk about, the quantitative easing of of U.S. Treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. So when they buy these, that's essentially a loan. You're loaning money to the government or you're loaning your money into the real estate market when you buy mortgage-backed securities. So that's what the Federal Reserve, that's how they're injecting money. That's how they how they operate their monetary system right now. So when there comes time for a stimulus package, Congress has to pass the package. The Federal Reserve says, okay, we'll buy up these U.S. Treasuries so that you have the funding to pass out these, you know, stimulus checks or whatever. What the Federal Reserve would much rather have is this central bank digital currency that they can inject money directly to the wallets. But since they have to circumvent they would have they, in order to do that they would have to circumvent this the treasuries which would make it illegal what they would have to have is a treasury bond that they can purchase during a time of crisis that would like be automatic so if the gross domestic product dropped to a particular level or say unemployment rose to a particular level these like this say um i don't even know what to call them like crisis treasuries or crisis mode treasuries. I'm not even sure what to say, but like this particular event where there's an economic turmoil about ready to occur, whether it's unemployment rising or GDP falling, these treasuries become available for the Federal Reserve to buy. The Fed can just instantly purchase those by sending the money directly into the people's wallets. And then they would have those treasuries sitting on their balance sheet. That would ultimately be the easiest way for the Federal Reserve to issue out a digital currency. So this is like, this is how they're promoting it as being a benefit to the people, is that it's going to streamline the ability to, to, you know, inject money into the system during a time of crisis. So you think about like, even natural disasters, this could really kind of benefit people like if you think about it in in that sort of sense if you were to you know a hurricane hits a particular area you can load up everybody in that area you can load up their their wallets with funding so they can you know either travel you know buy food whatever it is that they need they would you know just here's your you know here's some some emergency funding so that's kind of a of an a neat ability to be able to do something like that but the scary parts of this digital currency, I think far outweigh the benefits. So ultimately what they're going to do with the central bank digital currency is issue it out to the people in a way that it benefits them. And most people probably won't even notice that there was a change. Like, you know, they may even use like a debit card or something and it doesn't seem any different from the debit cards that they traditionally use. And since most people probably aren't going to research what the central bank digital currency is, if it gives them, like if there's a card that gives them the ability to purchase something, they're not going to care. They're they're not going to care what it is that's doing it. They're just going to be like, cool, it works. That's all they care about. So that is going to be the way that they get it into the system 
is to start by having it as a benefit to the people. And as this occurs, the more people use it, the more they're going to get comfortable using it. And in fact, the powers that be who are issuing this probably are not going to participate in the controlling of the currency. Like, there might even be illegal activity taking place with the central bank digital currency and the governments and the and the Federal Reserve and nobody's going to do anything about it. Like, they, they're just going to let it take place because what they want is to build that confidence. They want people to say, hey, there's no difference between the central bank digital currency and the dollar bills that I have in my pocket. And all the whether legal or illegal transactions that they were doing with people, if there's nobody who gets in trouble for it, there's no consequences for their actions on it, then they'll just forget about it being a problem and they'll just start using it and accepting it. And then the pressure can start getting in. What they'll do then is that once everybody is comfortable using it, they'll start making cash a nuisance. So if you're depositing cash, or you're withdrawing cash, you're gonna pay a fee for that. And that fee is going to be matching the negative interest rate that's attached to the central bank digital currency. This way, if you have a savings, you will lose it to a negative interest rate, forcing you to spend your money or invest it. But saving it will not be an option, unless you like seeing your money deteriorate. Not only just the value, but the actual number, like, you know, the amount that you have in your in your wallet would, would begin to shrink. That's if they institute that negative interest rate. And at first, they're not going to do that. No way. In fact, they might even put a little bit of an interest rate on it somehow to try and entice people to use it. Right? But ultimately, that's what their goal is, to take a negative, forcing you to spend your money, keeping you from saving it. So you either have to go and invest it, buy something whatever, or, you know, suffer the consequences from that. That will give them the ability to pull the cash out of the system. Once they have the cash out of the system, it's, it's on. I mean, the control, it will be there. You will have no ability to do any kind of transferring of funds. You won't be able to even operate it within the system. They will have ultimate control over you. So this is one of the reasons why owning like silver and gold or Bitcoin or some of the other alternate coins that are out there are critical. These are things that are in your hand for the most part. I mean, I understand that Bitcoin can be turned off with, you know, solar flares, whatever. I mean, you know, yeah, the internet is required for Bitcoin. Gold and silver, you don't. But it's very hard to send a piece of silver a mile away. But you can punch Bitcoin into somebody who's on the other side of the world. So... Yeah, there's a there's pros and cons to both. I own both. I own dollars. I have bank accounts. I have stocks. You got to be throughout the entire system. You got to have your fingers in all the different pies that are out there because you don't know which one's going to work or which one's not. Now, I see it coming into the future. That's what I see is the central bank digital currencies. I see the removal of cash. I see like gold and silver probably being taxed so high that nobody will want to transact with it. 
because going down and selling it for your central bank digital currency will mean that you have to pay a heavy tax on it. So I see those type of things coming into the future. And I guess, I guess ultimately how this thing will eventually unwind is that it'll get to a point where either you are in debt or dependent upon the system. And you won't have any other... There won't be, like, a saver. There won't be, like, you know, somebody who can save up, like, you know, a ton of money throughout their life and then live off the savings. That won't that won't occur. You'll either need to be dependent upon the system, indebted to the system, or the capitalist. I'm assuming the capitalist who is invested heavily into the system and getting paid from it. Because those are the directions that it's going. As far as being like just an independent person who is wealthy, like, you know, I have like a bunch of money and I'm just going to live off the rest of my life with just my funding. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen, I don't believe. I think they're going to take that ability away from people and force you into the system. Force you into dependency or indebtedness. One of the two. I don't... You know, I wish I could, like, give you guys some, like, better ideas on where it is that you can go or, you know, a place that you can feel, you know, safe with your investments. I don't know. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. I invest in gold, silver, and Bitcoin. Cash. Those are, those are the, I I mean, they're not investments, they're savings. I don't invest. I mean, I tell people that all the time. They ask me what I invest in. I say, I buy a little bit of stocks. That's what I invest in. I'm a saver. I try to save my money. And unfortunately, saving it right now is a very difficult idea, especially when it comes to cash, considering that so many people are talking about inflation and then the loss of purchasing power. Now, I see buying opportunities coming into the future. You know, whether that's in the things that people would anticipate being like buying opportunities, a lot of people are going to suffer the consequences of not preparing themselves. In, in a way that the cost of living just goes through the roof, like their food, their energy, stuff like that is going to get very expensive. But toys and luxury items and stuff like that are probably going to get very cheap. And those that's going to be a major switch. People are not going to really understand what it is that's happening when that takes place because everybody is so used to just the system of continually indebtedness and dropping of interest rates and continuing to expand and grow and nobody ever thinks about the time that it comes where the debt comes due and it's time to start paying it off where you have to start servicing that debt nobody thinks about that they just think that you can just keep going on and on and on forever just like kicking the can down the road and successfully they've done it quite a few times but at some point it's not going to work very well and you can already see like you can see the delta variant like the elevation of awareness on it and the talking about it and the shutting down of the economy and wearing masks again and all the other crap that goes with it is coinciding perfectly with the economy. I mean, it's just like right, right now you're talking, you see all the articles talking about housing market peaking out, how like home sales have dropped, you know, significantly, how the prices are so overwhelming that people are just flat out giving up on looking for homes. 
that's probably pretty close to the height of the housing market. And like I said, it's coinciding perfectly with, you know, this, this whole COVID issue rising up again. So if you think about it, the Federal Reserve, in order to have a functioning monetary policy, they have to have a good functioning mortgage market. And if that turns and we have a crash in the housing market or we just have some serious upset taking place, it's going to be very difficult for them to issue out their monetary policy. Since their monetary policy was stimulating the economy by dropping interest rates and getting people to go out there and borrow money to buy houses and cars and go on vacation. Well, this effort is not nearly as effective as it was throughout the past years. This is where that central bank digital currency is really going to come into play. Because what they are going to try and do is produce a consumer. Instead of trying to produce producers who will then provide the employment for people to consume, they're just going to try and, and do something different and just give a bunch of money to the consumers and hope that consuming is going to be enough to promote the, pr the production of things. I'm guessing that's what their idea is. I don't see that working. I think it would work for a little bit of time, but eventually that'll just wear out and you can you know, give the people 2000 a month or 20000 a month or $200,000 a month and it still won't buy them the things that they need in order to live. You have to produce in order to consume. That's just all there is to it. Produce and serve and then you can consume. You can't consume and expect there to be producers and servers out there for all these consumers. I just don't see it working that way. Maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I just try to think think of it simply, you know. You have to go and work on money before you can buy something. It's not that hard of a concept, right? <laughs> All right, I got to go to work. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know.